How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Friday here on the program, you know what that means. we got a lot to get into here today. SmackDown is tonight. Allegedly, this could be the last match of Daniel Bryan ever on SmackDown. Color me skeptical. But uh, we'll give you the full lineup for that show. We've also got ratings. We've got AEW Dynamite ratings from uh, Wednesday. A lot of uh, low IQ discussion about this one, but we'll uh, we'll tell you about it here on the program today. Quickly, hopefully. Quickly. We've also got the Dynamite schedule change as a result of the NBA playoffs. We've got an update on Filthy Tom Lawler. Who fought for the PFL yesterday? We'll have more to say about this on the Wednesday show. Cancellation, NXT TakeOver Dublin. Officially been canceled at this point after being... uh, After being... uh, Apparently we're out of sync, everybody. So when we're out of sync, I'm out of sync. So if you're uh, wondering what's going on, if it's not in sync on Twitch, I apologize. But what happened was we did a show with Chris Jericho... Uh, myself and Dave and Chris Jericho, and we just finished recording a little while ago. So I think that one is in the middle of processing as we are going live with this show, which may be a situation where everything is being slowed down. But we will do what we can here and uh, do the best we can. The Jericho show should be up here after a while, and uh, it's pretty good. I think you will enjoy it. Lots of talk about uh, Blood and Guts and AEW and uh, his new book, The Whole Nine Yards. That'll be coming up audio and video. Although, uh, Dave will merely be a photograph, so uh, that's how far we've gotten with that, but hopefully at some point we'll get some uh, video with Dave. But anyway, we got a lot to get into today. If you want to text us, 425-780-7566 is the text message line. That is 425-780-7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com, at Brian Alvarez on Twitter. Back in a moment with Mike Sempervivi, Wrestling Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Well, shall we uh, discuss these ratings? Do I, need to hold any, to? do I need to hold anybody's hand, or what's going on here? Probably. Just keep an eye on the Twitch chat. Somebody's going to have something uh, no, to say, I'm no, sure. no, 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 I, mm-hmm. I, I saw your timeline yesterday. Tempting. I know. Dude, I, I did not look at that for one second yesterday. <laughs> not for one man. second. So listen, if you haven't figured it out already, Joe Biden is the demo god. He destroyed everybody on cable. If you look at the top ten, Biden was seven of the top ten. If you add only the top ten up, it was 21 million viewers. Everything else on cable took a big hit. And in fact, might as well make people really mad now. Uh, Dynamite took less of a hit than uh, many of these entertainment shows. If you take out the news shows that covered Biden, AW was third on cable behind an episode of The Challenge, which, what is this? I thought it was done. Maybe it's a recap show or something. Somebody help me out. And also an NBA game. And uh, overall, the show, quite frankly, did very well given the competition. 889,000 viewers, down 20% from last week. 18 to 49, 10th on cable with a .33. So the demo was barely down from a week ago. It was down 10%. And uh, the story of the show is that everybody was watching Biden, and so it started at about 800,000 viewers. And it was roughly 800,000 viewers throughout the entire show. It did grow for the inner circle parlay with the pinnacle and uh 
Uh, some bloke on the Twitch chat yesterday arguing with me about the Darby Allen match. Shouldn't have gone on last. I said, bro, Darby Allen does great. Not against 10. Well, I hate to tell you, Darby Allen does great. And the match with 10 was, I believe, the highest rated thing on the show. And uh, did very, very well. So Darby Allen in the main event against 10 did, in fact, do a great number. So next week, obviously, is Blood and Guts. And my guess is that uh, barring some disaster that takes away all of the uh, attention to the news shows, it will probably do well over 1 million viewers. Uh, perhaps, well, I don't want to make a guess, but I've had people, and this, by the way, is people in WWE who normally are overjoyed if, if AEW does not do well, thinking it could do 1.5 million viewers. So we'll see what it does, but those are the numbers. If you have a hard time wrapping your head around that, there are plenty of places to go on the internet that can explain to you that in the 80s, Hulk Hogan actually wasn't a draw, and the Crockett territory was actually doing significantly better. Those are good places to go. That may be where you want to hang out. Well, it depends on where and when you're talking about. Because when WWF came into Charlotte in 1985, they got pushed out. But that doesn't really matter right now because WWE won. And they're not winning when it comes to some of their, you know, star-making capabilities. But what has been proven from AEW is, to their fans, they have definitely created stars in the time that they've been around. One of the biggest ones is Darby Allen, Regardless of what you think about his character or how he wrestles or any of that stuff, Darby Allen is a legitimate star, period, and point blank. And when it comes to the numbers, yeah, it's stark on paper because it goes from 1.2 million to 1.1 million to 889,000. But as we have pointed out many times, there seems to be a direct line between AEW fans and when something is happening in the news. They are more apt than, say, the average NXT viewer to turn on the news and leave wrestling on their DVR for a night or two. You know what I mean? So this is not a big deal whatsoever. There was no bragging coming from anybody from WWE because they know. Number one, their show didn't do all that great this week when it came to NXT. They were down. So there's no nothing to brag about here if you're trying to throw arrows at AEW. Look in your own backyard and clean that one up. But when it does come to AEW, what a perfect week to have a presidential address where you're going to have a little bit of a down week because look what you're coming back with. And I don't think Cinco de Mayo is going to damage this show all that much considering what's on it. So, you know, I... I Again, I hopefully this just ends any conversation about ratings today. Nobody brings it back up later on because what else can you say? Both NXT and AEW were good shows. They both didn't draw the ratings that they wanted to. On to next week. My wife is locked out. Why don't you go? Uh, I think I may have to go down there, there and uh, probably and help. Yes. Yeah. So why don't you uh, uh, talk about uh, whatever you want to talk about? Actually, talk about SmackDown tonight, the potential last match of Daniel Bryan. I'll be right back, everybody. Time to be a hero by unlocking the door. Yes, go go do what you should have done before the show began. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I guess I can, I'll bring up SmackDown here in, in a moment. One thing I will mention, uh, just to keep on the same subject of AEW, is the fact that AEW is going to have to deal with the NBA being on TNT in playoff time. That's just the way that it goes. As somebody that lived through the dog shows on USA, the Westminster Kennel Club shows, and the US Open, you know, coming to invade and and throw everything off i'm okay with this now all right you know and and as far as the the details go dave wrote about it in this week's observer that 
Uh, the Wednesday, May 26th show is going to be moving to Friday, May 28th at 10 p.m. Eastern, so it will not even be going head up with SmackDown, so you can have a big Friday night experience with your pro wrestling with a plan of filming two hours of dark for the following week starting at 8 p.m. before going live. That week's Dynamite will be the go-home show for Double or Nothing that Sunday. A countdown show for Double or Nothing is set for that Saturday with the start time unknown due to the playoffs, which it doesn't really matter when it comes to that Double or Nothing show because that's probably going to get multiple airings all over the place on TNT where they can fit it in, so I don't think there's going to be really any concern there, and frankly, most AEW fans will will find that in other ways uh, if they don't get a chance to see it when it first airs. Dave also said that the changes may mean that UK viewers on ITV will be getting other programming instead due to all this timing. Uh, the May 28th Dynamite will air there on May 31st after the pay-per-view has already happened, so that's just going to be one of those little annoyances for fans in the UK who, I guess, don't watch on Fight TV, uh, on the Fight TV app, which I believe still streams it live. Uh, the How Wednesday much did this show fall off the rails when I was gone? Not much. Hold on here. All Let right. me finish this up here, and I can transition back to you. The Wednesday, June 2nd Dynamite will either be moved to a live show on Friday, June 4th, or Saturday, June 5th, depending on the playoff game TNT gets that weekend. That uncertainty is both the reason that Brian Cage, I'm sorry, uh, is the reason that both Brian Cage and Brian Pillman Jr. had to pull out of the June 5th Warrior Wrestling event. So I figured we were talking about AEW. I'll just go ahead and, and finish off with the, uh, the programming changes that could come for the NBA. Never heard of it. The NBA? I'm just joking. You're tall. So uh, I want to mention, by the way, that uh, filthy Tom Lawler fought for the PFL yesterday, faced Antonio Carlos Jr. in an opening round light heavyweight battle. And unfortunately, filthy Tom was submitted via guillotine 443 of the first round. And Tom had a guillotine on himself. Well, not on himself, but he had a guillotine on Antonio Carlos Jr. And uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. escaped the guillotine. And then guillotine Filthy Tom. And Filthy Tom, very, very upset about this. I don't know if you saw his Twitter or not. I can't even... I mean, there were three words in both of them I cannot say on the air. But uh, Tom is not a poor loser. So that should tell you what Tom thought about something in this fight. So we'll talk about that with him on Monday's edition of Figure Four Daily. But best of luck with Tom as he moves on. And he will move on because he is filthy Tom Lawler. Damn right. That's the update there. SmackDown tonight. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns for the title with Daniel Bryan leaving SmackDown if he loses which they announced a week ago, and Big E versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental title. You know, it's sad, and there's actually a Daniel Bryan interview I can read portions of where he just basically talks about what WWE is because he cannot help himself but say what he really thinks. And, I mean, as a viewer, I listen to this tip, and I'm like, come on. I don't buy it for a second. That's not what I should think when I hear a stipulation. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. So, many big things coming up here today. First off, when this show ends, we'll be posting the audio of the show that Dave and I did with Chris Jericho. 
And then in a couple of hours, the video will be up. Video.f4wonline.com. Spend an hour talking about AW, blood and guts, behind the scenes, everything you ever wanted to know about the last year or so of storylines with Chris Jericho. That's coming up here shortly after this show goes off the air. And then for our Twitch homies, twitch.tv slash F4W video, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern tonight, myself and Lance Storm doing a live Twitch Q&A for all you Twitch homies. You can only watch live if you're a subscriber, twitch.tv slash F4W video. You can link up your Amazon Prime account. It's actually very easy if you do one thing. You have to go to sign up on a desktop computer. Not your phone, not a tablet, a desktop computer. Go to sign up, hit the subscribe button. It'll give you the option to link your Amazon Prime account, and you get a free Twitch subscription every month. You can use it for our Twitch channel, and it helps support, obviously, Twitch and this website. And you can watch the shows live that we do only for our Twitch homies, which includes post-pay-per-view streams for the Brian and Vinny and Craig show. Now, somebody was talking about the uh, the Daniel Bryan deal and how mm-hmm. I was skeptical of this uh, whole storyline. And they said, didn't they just do a storyline last year with Mandy and Sonya where Sonya lost and had to leave SmackDown forever and then she just came back? Yes, they did that. So I don't blame you for being skeptical. Now, in all fairness, since she lost that loser leaves SmackDown match, even though she has come back to SmackDown, I actually don't think they've ever had a wrestle. But she did come back to SmackDown, so I'm not sure how seriously... Especially since the whole reason they're doing this tip is because I guess they found out a week ago that they were going head-to-head with, like, the NFL draft or something like that, or whatever the competition is, so they had to. They wanted, a, like, a big show. Like, I don't think Daniel Bryan is retiring on a one-week build on a random Friday night on SmackDown to uh, pop a number. Well, I don't know if you're going to bust toss WWE on a stip, which it's very easy to. That the Sonya one, I will, is, is necessarily they do it the all right the time. One. I understand. Well, I mean, but the Sonya situation was a. There were special circumstances around that, and she has not returned to active competition. She came back in a in a you know official role there as is the uh, Thorn and Adam Pierce's side. So. You know, there's that, but uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. The whole feel around tonight doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, okay, Daniel Bryan's going to be off of SmackDown. Like, does that even, even if he is, what does that mean? He's going to be on Raw? I mean, as a as a fan, I'm not enthused by this whatsoever. It's great to see Roman and Daniel Bryan again because they're great with each other. And, you know, Roman Reigns has been fantastic in this, but... I'm I'm not very invested in it at all, and unfortunately, with what WWE, how they've treated all of these stipulations for such a long time, I mean, it, how can you believe in this? You know, that he's just not going to pop back up, or there'll be some sort of out for him, or, or whatever it's going to be. Let's look for this uh, Daniel Bryan interview that he did yesterday, and uh, I'm sure it's around here somewhere. I wasn't going to read it, but since we're talking about it, I may as well. All right, uh, this is what uh, Daniel Bryan had to say about uh, current WWE because he's been doing a lot of interviews lately and he can't uh, help himself. He was asked about his previous comments where he said he was trying to weasel his way into wrestling and other companies in addition to WWE. He says, I brought it up to a lot of people, and I don't think the Mexico thing, a hair versus mask match would happen, but I also think that now is more than ever a time when people are open to new ideas. 
Well, I mean, he may be right, but not WWE. They, they're not open to any new ideas. No matter what Triple H says, I have seen no evidence they're open to new ideas. He says, I think I have made some headway. Whether any of it will actually happen, who knows? It's one of those things that I think would be great. I don't think people truly understand how great a lot of the WWE superstars are because we don't necessarily put on a pure wrestling product. We put on a sports entertainment product. If all of a sudden you saw Cesaro in New Japan, for example, people would look be like, oh my God, this guy is the greatest. Multiple people. I think if you put Otis in New Japan, people would... Uh, be like, holy cow, this guy is amazing. Like a Vader from the 90s type vibe. People think of him as the worm guy, but being able to do and learn and work with some of these guys is just a different presentation. I think that would be cool. A very unique contribution to wrestling as far as giving back. I also think it'd be good for, say, WWE and just wrestling in general, for people who are in the developmental system right now, for them to be able to go and learn in other places. I wouldn't be the performer I am today if I had wrestled in Japan. And not just Japan, where I like the sports stuff, but... Uh, in the UK, like Butlins in the UK, where it's all comedy. I'm out there waving an American flag, singing the national anthem, getting my pants pulled down, seeing how many times I could get hit in the groin in a match, that sort of thing. I think all of these things had a depth to your you as a performer, and then when it's time to put you in a top position, then you can do a number of things. God bless this wrong. guy. Yeah, he's not wrong, but Mm-mm. God bless him. Hey, look, I I wouldn't expect anything else out of Daniel Bryan at this point, and they shouldn't either. Period. What do you, what, what else do you expect if Daniel Bryan's out there talking? That's exactly what I want to hear, and as a wrestling fan, he's exactly right. You take Otis and Chad Gable, you put them in New Japan, you know, how fun would they be mixing it up with different teams? You take a lot of people off that roster and you let them, you know, take some of the chains of sports entertainment off of them, not even the chains of sports entertainment, just make them feel more comfortable in who they are and what they're doing and try to accentuate those positives that make them comfortable instead of trying to always put 20 pounds of crap into a 10-pound box and then shaking up the snow globe and changing this or changing that and all these other things that happen in the world of WWE. Oh, imagine if some of these folks were somewhere else, and Daniel Bryan does because he's a pro wrestling fan and that shot of AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan at last Wrestlemania or wherever it was money in the bank I can't even remember what the pay-per-view was when they go busting in in Vince's office and you get that shot of Vince staring back at those two and there was it was a very fitting moment in a lot of ways and I don't know what Daniel Bryan's future is you know and how long he rides it out there you know if he goes somewhere else I'm sure we'll see him in action somewhere else but what else What else would you want out of Daniel Bryan? What else can be expected out of Daniel Bryan? And you notice how nobody's coming out to refute any of the points that he made. So there you go. The middleweight tournament winner and the first ever Ultimate Fighter has been released by UFC amid a bizarre set of circumstances. Diego Sanchez, released Tuesday, his May 8th fight against Donald Cerrone canceled. Dana White told Kevin Ioli, Sanchez's manager slash trainer, Joshua Fabia, is, can't say the word, but he's, according to Dana White, nuts, cited several incidents, including Fabia telling UFC production and commentators how to call Diego's fights, and he told a Nevada Athletic Commission rep that he taught Sanchez techniques that could kill or paralyze Michael Chiesa ahead of their July 2019 bout. Apparently he taught him the dim mock. Did Steven Seagal teach it to him? Ioli also told several. Ioli also told several UFC personnel uh, 
reported that several personnel told him there were concerns that Fabio was holding Sanchez's social media and was controlling his telephone and his email accounts. Dear God. After UFC Chief Business Officer Hunter Campbell spoke to both Sanchez and Fabia, there was increased concern the fighter may be experiencing both short-term and long-term medical issues. According to Ioli's report, Sanchez was unable to confirm he was healthy despite being cleared because he was not a neurologist and had not seen one. The UFC then made the decision to release him. This ain't going to end well for a lot of guys. No. It's fighting. You get hit in the head a lot. And it sucks, and people celebrate it when it happens. But there are realities to all of that, and this appears to be one of the realities right now. Uh, Diego Sanchez released from the UFC. It's a young man, too. In the grand scheme of things, it's a young man. In fighting years, he's, you know, ages like a dog, you know, seven years at least. And... I just hope for the best, you know, kind of laugh at the the situation there with the the, the all that goofiness, but you don't th- these types of things are awful and they can be very perilous for a lot of different reasons. So the best to everybody there and if anybody needs help, please get those people that help uh post haste. Well, it doesn't help when you surround yourself with folks who want to teach you the dim mock. Well, <laughs> That's what they're talking about here. I know. I'm not even making a joke. That's one of the reasons they released him. His I his know. trainer is telling them that he's taught him holes that will kill his opponent. I think there's a yes, there's a grip on reality that uh, seems to be, you know, losing losing touch there. I, I what what else can you say? What what else can you say? And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there wasn't he out trolling, not trolling for fights, but posting on his social media. Uh, Bellator and, and PFL and this and that, you know, hire me. How about don't? And how about, you know, it's one of those things, too, where you cringe because we laugh at, like, unregulated events and we laugh at exhibitions and some of the wackiness that's taken place in places like K1 and Pride over the years. But, you know, if he goes and fights in the bare-knuckle fighting, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just it's going to shine a light that's not a very good one uh, and, and as a reminder on what the fight business is and can be. We're going to take phone calls after the break, 844-913-2727. That is 844-913-2727. Text messages 425-780-7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com, at Brian Alvarez on Twitter. Whatever's on your mind, SmackDown, AW, and more. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. We're going to take your phone calls here today, text messages as well. Got a lot of those. If you want to call, 844-913-2727. That is 844-913-2727. Text messages, 425-780-7566. Let's check this text message bin here. Then I'm going to go to the go to the calls. This person here says... Am I the only one really into this new Miro character? He's crazy and gigantic. That's terrifying. I like it. I've been a big fan of it. Big scary guy kills dudes right up my alley. Yeah, I don't know if anything's really happened yet, but, you know, 
yeah, him beating up Kip, good. And let's be done with the relationship with him and Kip. I'm not sure if I want the abusive relationship where he beats Kip up after he screws something up and then he goes and hugs him and, okay, good talk. We saw it once. I'm good with that. Can we just have Rusev or, I'm sorry, Miro as the wrecking machine who's there to break bones and win titles? Like, I don't need any other side nonsense with him at this point. We've had enough of it for so long that I am fine with him going out there and being in, you know, in attack mode. That Just give me that. I'm good. This person here says, do you think Cody versus QT is the blow-off for this feud? I know they are going for San Martino versus Abisco, but I'm not buying QT as anything other than a vehicle to get a go-go over. Well, I mean, let's look at it this way. I don't know. Uh, they have a pay-per-view coming up in one month, a little less than a month. And what's Cody going to do? So I don't know what they're going to do, but my guess is that they would shoot some sort of angle next week to set up a blow-off match at the pay-per-view. Otherwise, you're just doing like a three-week build to a match with Cody. Like, unless Cody needs to be at home uh, for pregnancy-related reasons, like if he's going to work at the end of May, then it probably should be QT. So I guess we'll find out on Wednesday. I just want to know when the bull rope match between uh, Camaroto and Dustin's going to be. Um, I don't know. They take their time. Good, <laughs> There's going to be blood. That's the one thing they we take know for sure. their time. Sometimes. This person here says USA and NBC did a disservice to WWE in the NHL situation. Hard to imagine they weren't aware of this possibility sooner. Like it or not, WWE showed weakness by moving NXT. Now it appears they may have been able to claim a victory if they had stayed on Wednesday and AEW ultimately ends up moving. AEW could then up the stakes by moving to Monday. Uh, Listen, this is all... There's no guarantee that AEW is going to be moving. Zero. We don't know where anything is going to go. And if... I mean, I think we're like a year away from it anyway. So they did no disservice because they got the two shows on different nights... Like, listen, if NXT was doing 680,000 viewers, 650,680, they, quote, ran away from Wednesday to Tuesday. Their fans saw them as losers. Why would they go from 650, 680 to 800, 850? Mm-hmm. The fans don't care one bit. No one really cares. You're a wrestling fan, and there was a Wednesday Night War, and NXT had to move, and you were so disappointed in them for for running away that you stopped watching? Nobody does that, okay? It doesn't matter. It matters in their brains, but that's it. Like, this is... I don't want to say it's an imaginary war, because an actual war happened. But, bro, they're much better off on Tuesdays. AEW is much better off on Wednesdays. Like, that's it. Everyone should be happy about this. Nobody should be angry about this. If you're angry about this, I just... I don't know what to tell you. It's better for everybody. And if, if, if AEW has to move, then they have to move. Who cares? I don't understand why this is an issue. They, they should have been on different nights from day one. The, both companies would probably be a lot further along now if they'd started on different days on day one. Instead, we'd have a war which hurt NXT and it hurt AEW. And we did it for a year and a half through a pandemic. And now they're on separate days and they're finally starting to really get some momentum here. That's what we wanted for wrestling fans. This shouldn't be some weird war. I don't want AEW to succeed. I don't want NXT to succeed. 
I don't know what these people are. You should be wanting everybody to, to succeed. For real, because the the pot of us is shrinking further and further, you know, down the road here. I just, I don't know. This is just completely stupid. It, it really, really is. Because as a wrestling fan, I mean, what are you left with at the end of this war? A bunch of social media posts? A bunch of, like, you know, that's it. That's, as a fan... That's all you're left with. Like, that's the whole, all this stuff and in the mud and this number did this and this, this number did that. At the end of the day, none of it matters. And both shows are doing better now that they're away from each other and basically shut up. Is that is that concise enough? I don't like telling people to shut up unless they uh, I will. really deserve Where's it. Where's Jericho at, by the way? Is he too scared to come on here today? The show was recorded, bro. Because I, re- I recorded it over an hour ago. Dave, such a soft touch. I like how you put up though on in your Twitter feed there that after the after Observer Live, we'll have the video and the audio up. It's not like you mentioned that it's with Dave and not with me, so I can finally call Chris Jericho out on the fact that I am not allowed on his cruise. And I think this may still be going back to some deep seated family issues because it's possible that my uncle Jerry Kingcock Korab may have knocked. His father, Ted Irvine, on his ass a couple of times during the 70s and during some games. I mean, it's it's possible that that may be the reason that all this has happened. But I want to clear the air. I know Chris Jericho's a good guy now, and I am willing, being a bigger man myself in many, many ways, to step up and offer my hand of friendship to Chris Jericho, especially because he's dealing with all these really horrible people like that Manitoba moose trader, Don Callis, and other undesirables like that. That was the worst attempt to get back into someone's good graces I've ever heard. What do you mean? And I've heard a lot in wrestling. Let's go to Bedford, PA. You're on the air. What's going on? Anyone besides Roman Reigns that could become a mainstream movie star in WWE? What? You always talk about how WWE wants to become mainstream. And I think the only way they can do that is if they get someone to be a part-time movie star like Hulk Hogan or John Cena. Oh, well, I'm sure that'll be easy. I hadn't thought of that. The the Miz, Mr. Marine? Yeah. You know, Ryan, that's a great idea. Let's just have those guys become mainstream big-time movie stars, and that should really help. I'll text some of my my buddies in WWE, and I'll tell them that idea. Hey, you know what they could do? They could come up with a WWE films division. How do you think that'll go? You know what? You know what really help in terms of, like, making WWE mainstream with mainstream stars? Getting somebody over. It's amazing how that'll work. Richard, you're on the air. What's going on? Uh, not Richard, but... Whatever your I'm name is. Noticing- what is your name? How come it says Richard here? Is that your father? Easy with the nickname. Um, It's my... <clears throat> so, it's a long story, but yes, that is my father. Okay. I just haven't changed it because I, right. I took his phone carrying line and I'm lazy. All right, that's but, all right. Um, I've been noticing in um, AEW that they've really kind of done a better job of... Sorry, my child in the background. Um, They've done a better job of pacing their stories. They used to be, like, way too slow, but I felt with the uh, um, Cody storyline with QT, it's actually paced really well, and I thought that little Kip thing with Miro and Kip lasted exactly like it needed to last, and I don't... It used to feel like they've been going way too slow with things, but I felt like they've kind of sped a couple things up. I was wondering what you think about that. Thanks. Well, yeah, I want to thank you very much for the call. I mean, uh, if you listen to the Jericho interview today, I mean, he does talk about the fact that he comes up with ideas for months down the road. 
And obviously, he didn't want to say how long he's planned this one here, but this uh, this blood and guts is not going to be the blow-off. But you can make all of the plans you want. Let's say that he's got a plan that leads through uh, September. All right, that's all great, but things always happen. Maybe somebody gets hurt. Maybe there's a global pandemic. Maybe there's whatever. And so you've got to make changes based on what happens. And so you can you can make whatever plans you want. You can have an end date. You can do everything you can to get to that point. But then you got to do what you got to do. My guess is that Jericho probably didn't want to do uh, Blood and Guts immediately. I mean, I don't know if he would have wanted to wait till the pay-per-view or June or July or maybe he wanted to do it in September. But whatever happened, happened. Whatever the reasons are, the reasons are. And so as a result, yes, they had to rush to get everybody ready for a blood and guts four weeks after the whole storyline started. That's going to happen. And sometimes things are going to go quickly. And sometimes, as is the case with uh, Daniels and Kazarian, it's going to take 10 years for them to get their championship match after they're the number one contenders. This is probably better served for another day when the news is a little bit slower, although we're going to run out of time for it uh, because it's coming up next week. But I agree with, you know, blood and guts to me seems like it should be the ultimate blow-off feud. And I come from the time of when War Games, that's what it was supposed to be. So it's like, okay, from here, what do you do? How can you blow off this feud? Sure, you can do it in singles matches and, and things like that, in tag matches, but I really wish they would have waited. And, you know, there are... Plenty of ways and plenty of gimmick matches maybe that they could have had, different scenarios they could have been put together where we could have waited on Blood and Guts. And again, we'll have to see what happens. AEW gets a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because they've not been around for as long. And I do, you know, again, I you give them a little bit more leeway to see what they do and what works and what doesn't work. And we've seen some things spectacularly fail that they've done, and they haven't gone back to the well with those things. I'm well, we should also note that one thing that he noted was... Was that yes, they split up MJF and Chris Jericho, and MJF formed the pinnacle, and this was four weeks ago, and now we're having war games. So if you look at it from that perspective, yes, this is really fast. However, as he noted, yes, the war games is inner circle versus pinnacle, but the leader of the inner circle is Jericho, and the leader of the pinnacle is MJF, and they have had a storyline yes. dating back to September. Well, and so, leading. Yes, it is. It is in some senses you could say that it's rushed, but in other ways, like they've been feuding for a long time, and, and we're having a big giant match now. Well, and it'll be interesting to see what they do then after this, because it is you can look at that it, that way, and that's one of the ways that okay, two generals are leading their their men into battle. You know, even if they just got you know saddled up, hey, let's ride. We're we're going head up for each other, and this is going to be a big one. So yeah, I mean, again, this is why they get the benefit of the doubt because we have to see how things will kind of play out and, and what hands they decide to play here. But yeah, I mean, again, it just I was surprised when they announced it. I, I don't, and I'm surprised that. People think that, that Cinco de Mayo might be a big deal, too. It, well, we'll see if it is. I just, it doesn't feel that way on Wednesday. I think, the yes, it's a party night. People are going to go out and party and get it in when they can. But it tends to also be more of a weekend party as well, too, Friday and Saturday. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I really don't think it's going to be that big of an effect on the rating at all. Let's go to Great Britain and Northern Ireland. You're on the air. What is going on? <laughs> What's going on, guys? It's the Wales Scout. Oh, yes. Um, I just, 
it's it's a little bit early for the uh, for the prediction show, but I wanted to call in and try and be a prognosticator for this Daniel Bryan situation. So I think that Daniel Bryan is going to leave SmackDown and go to NXT. Really? And the reason the reason I the reason I think that is because if you remember before WrestleMania, like they had. Um, who was it? Um, oh, they had Pete Dunne come out every week and say he was like the best technical wrestler in the world. And it felt like it was going somewhere. Um, but like there wasn't, he didn't have an opponent set up. And so then one day, um, like everybody was speculating that it was going to be Daniel Bryan. But then um, Daniel Bryan got like thrusted into the main event at WrestleMania. And then all of a sudden it was Kushida who was going to, um, well, he was the best technical yeah, whale scout. We're, we're right up against the break. I, I got the the question here. Here's here's the only problem with your theory. Okay, problem with the theory is this Daniel Bryan thing was like come up with a week ago. So Pete Dunne's promo about the best technical wrestler. Maybe they were going to bring down Daniel Bryan for like one takeover, but I would be very surprised, especially since it seems like they got twenty guys on each show. If they're going to willingly send Daniel Bryan to NXT for like an extended period of time. And if it's like two weeks or three weeks or whatever and he just comes back, you've killed the stip anyway. So I don't think that's going to happen, but your prediction is duly noted. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Elber is here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Tonight, after SmackDown, Denise will be up video.f4wonline.com. Doing her recap show for SmackDown. She does one after NXT Tuesday, AW Wednesday, and SmackDown on Friday. Of course, you can get the video, video.f4wonline.com. That's our YouTube channel. Uh, replays at video.f4wonline.com as well. Audio, wrestlingobserver.com. All of our audio goes up at wrestlingobserver.com as well, including the Chris Jericho interview that is going to go up here momentarily. Video will be up uh, in a few hours. Video for this show, also in a few hours. Video.f4wonline.com. And uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash f4wvideo. Later tonight, myself and Lance Stormley will be doing a live Q&A, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern, getting a jump on SmackDown. You ask your questions in the chat. I ask the questions to Lance. Lance answers the questions, and away we go. You can watch it live as a subscriber to twitch.tv slash f4wvideo. So we got a million different options, Twitch, YouTube, WrestlingObserver.com. We got a million shows, million replays, 13,000 shows in the WrestlingObserver.com archives. It is very, very busy, as it always is. So make sure you check those out. And then lots of stuff coming up this weekend. I believe there's a UFC. Brian Vinny and Craig show with WCW Saturday Night. All sorts of great stuff, so check it out. And that's it. Thanks, Mike, as always. Callers and listeners, up to the studio. Twitch homies, we'll talk to you later on today. Wrestling Observer Live.